You're listening to the River City Church Podcast. Our desire is that you know Jesus, experience freedom, find community, and discover purpose. For more information, check us out on social or visit us at rivercitychurch.co. Here's the message. Uh, John chapter 15, verse 1, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. This is, of, of all the chapters in the Bible, one of the ones that I've probably spent the most time in personally, both teaching, studying, digging into, because it's one of the last things that Jesus is going to say to his disciples before he goes to the cross to pay the price for our sins, to make a way for us to receive redemption, and he's giving his kind of last instructions, and of course he talks about the Holy Spirit, he talks about the Comforter, he tells them to not let their heart be troubled, but you know, so he goes to prepare a place for them, he gives them all that instruction, but right in the middle of all of that, he tells them this statement, he tells them the statement of, I think, the secret to the Christian life. And he says this, he says, my uh, father is the vine dresser and every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may be more fruit. Later on in the chapter, he talks about the importance of abiding in him. And so he gives this picture that, that he's the vine and the, the vines of the vine is you and I. The branches of the vine is the church, is God's people. And so the day you said yes to Jesus, you were brought into, grafted into the vine. You were brought into the family of God and you were connected in relationship with Jesus. And here in this chapter, is, and we won't read the rest of it, but I encourage you to study it out, read it yourself, because he talks about the vital importance of being close to him abiding in Jesus and how that affects answered prayer, how that affects the fruitfulness of our lives, how it, it, it plays out in us being disciples. Being a disciple is less defined by the information we know, and it has much more to do with the Jesus we're connected to. Because I can get a lot of information and not abide in the vine. Are, are you with me? I can be an expert in religious matters. I can have more degrees than a thermometer. Oh, that's good. We're going to start a ministry school. But, but here's the thing. If I'm not first connected to Jesus, none of the rest of it matters. And I find that really anytime there's something deficient or lacking, even in my own life, my own faith, my own walk with God, oftentimes I can diagnose it as a somewhere along the way I'm getting gradually disconnected. And, and so it's so important. So, but I want to focus on right here is this. He says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. But every branch in me that bears fruit, he prunes. I've got three points for you tonight. Number one is this. Subtraction precedes multiplication in the, in the kingdom of God. We'll leave that up for a minute so you can write that down. Uh, subtraction. So, so oftentimes in life, we, we feel like, you know, to change anything is difficult. And, you know, I, I said this jokingly uh, three Sundays before we decided to go to three services that, you know, there's going to be a time where even in our church, which is a, you know, fairly new church that we're going to say, this isn't the way we've done it before. Or we've always done it this way. And I, I think one of the hardest places to say yes to change sometimes is unfortunately even in the church. And while we serve a God that doesn't change, he's always at work in us and he's always at work in his people. And he didn't, Jesus didn't come to start monuments, he came to start a movement. 
And as the church, we follow him and we're led by him. We're led by the Holy Spirit. And it's so important that we do that, not just as the church, as River City Church or the body of Christ, but as individuals. And here he says that, you know, in the process of being connected, there's going to be moments where you experience fruitfulness and fruitfulness is rewarded with pruning. I I know that there were moments in your life you thought pruning was punishment. You know, certain things changed. Some things were different. Sometimes even certain people left your life or certain things left your life and, and you entered into a new season, but you couldn't take everything with you into the new season. And you thought pruning was punishment, but I'm here to let you know that pruning is not punishment, it's actually a blessing. Pruning is a reward of fruitfulness. He says the branch that doesn't bear fruit is removed, but the branch that bears fruit is pruned for a reason that it may bear more fruit. That's why the message title is Making Room for More. So I think sometimes it's kind of human nature. We mourn over fruitless areas, but they're nonetheless areas that are no longer a part of our life. Some things change, and sometimes God even calls us to lay certain things down that we're not producing fruit, and yet even though we've said no to some things, we forget that the reason we say no to some things are to say yes to something else. And, and I want to encourage you not to mourn over things that may have changed in your life that are, were fruitless things because God's after fruitfulness in our life. He's after producing something in and through us. And yet, the, uh, the reason I say subtraction precedes multiplication is we, we get hung up on the subtraction part and don't realize that it's actually positioning us for something more that God wants to do. Some things that used to be fruitful won't be in our next season. And that's why it's so important for all of us to be able to be, allow God to do what he wants to do. He says, your father is the vine dresser. That means the father's the one who's in his love and in his care is going through the vine, going through the vineyard, and he's finding things that are producing fruit, but could do more, could produce more. And he sees the potential in every area of our lives. And for there to be an increase as God intends, because God doesn't do addition, he does multiplication. I was going to talk about that tonight and spend, you know, 20 minutes talking about multiplication from the Genesis all the way through the Bible. But God is in the business of multiplying. He's in the business of, you know, he feeds the multitude with a little boy's lunch. What we offer to God may not to us feel like enough, but whatever we give to God, whatever we offer to God never actually leaves our life. It's not really subtraction, it's actually positioning for multiplication. This was a hard thing for me to find out over the years that I can't take everything I want to with me. And so sometimes God prunes even areas that I like, even things that I enjoy. And sometimes even certain, you know, I've, I've found this, you know, just in life that there were sometimes even certain relationships that I thought, man, this, you know, we're going we're gonna to go after this till Jesus comes back. And not even because of bad things, maybe sometimes out of God's calling, there was a separation or there was a subtraction. And when you have a kingdom mindset, you don't look at what you're losing, you look at what God's making room for. When you start growing, not everyone, you know, can I, can I just help you? I, I know I've talked to a few people over the, over the last couple of years, you know, sometimes just in pastoring 
you know, my, even, let me just step back. So when my wife first said yes to Jesus, there were a lot of people that didn't understand it. So, so she follows Jesus, and all of a sudden, her circle changed. Not because she even had to try to change it. Sometimes people that used to be with her, you know, kind of didn't understand. They thought she went crazy. And they couldn't understand that. And, and, and that's, sometimes it's hard for us to, to navigate that because we look at that as a loss instead of as, a, as God making room. And, and, and this is important because sometimes even we've had people who are godly, well-meaning people, but they don't understand what God's doing in your life, how he's growing you. And the reason I say that is don't get mad at people. Don't get, listen, you just keep growing in God. You keep moving forward. You keep doing what God's called you to do. The second point is actually the subtitle. So I, I could only be creative enough to, to come up with a title from one of my three points. Number two is make room for more. I want us to look at 2 Kings 6. 2 Kings 6, if you have your Bibles, we'll put it on the screen as well. It's a story that I, I spoke on a, on a Sunday a couple years ago, I think. But it's a, kind of one of those weird stories in the Bible that it's not, you know, anybody getting raised from the dead. It's not anybody's blind eyes being opened or any of like the, the big miracles, you know, the Red Sea parting that we kind of referenced in the song tonight. It's not any of those. It's a guy's axe head that's fallen in the water starts to float. God cares about the little things as much as the big things. But in the story, what kind of leads up to it is, is in chapter 6, verse 1. The sons of the prophets, this is kind of like Bible school students. <laughs> they, they've been growing up in the things of God, and they're, they're being mentored by Elisha, one of the prophets of Israel. And here's what they say. See now the place where we dwell with you is too small for us. Please let us go to the Jordan and let every man take a beam from there and let us make there a place where we may dwell. So he answered, go. And of course, they're talking about the, the capacity of the room they're in or the building that they lived in. Uh, but it's so much more than that because sometimes the season we're in, you know, it's, it's kind of like the, the goldfish idea that the goldfish will grow to the size of the container. And sometimes you put a goldfish in a small container and it is limited in how it can grow. And God wants to stretch our capacity, he wants to grow our faith, he wants to grow us beyond what we thought was possible. But for that to happen, sometimes there's a change of seasons. There's a moment that we go from where we are to something that makes us, it stretches us a little bit. Has anybody ever had God stretch you? Just a little bit. <laughs> Some of you are like, I'm being stretched right now. That's okay. And, and if, you know, it's a little bit different this message tonight because I want to try to put language to what maybe some of us are experiencing, but I know us as a church we're stepping into. Because anytime we are uncomfortable at a present season, it's often an a indication that God's about to do something new. And that's a good thing. <laughs> They say, the, the, they, they say the place we're in is too small for us. In other words, our capacity, we, 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 we have no more room to grow. And again, I know we've had that practically with some stuff, but I just want to speak to that for you. Maybe where you're, the, the season in life you're at, God wants to do more, and you've got to make room for it. 
You've got to make room for what God wants to do in your life. Peter is, is by the, by, by, at the Sea of Galilee. He's fishing every day. It's what he does. It's his job. It's probably what his family did for generations. Because you tended to do what your family did for your trade. And so he's, he's taking care of collecting and harvesting. He's fishing in the Sea of Galilee. And then one day, everything changes because Jesus shows up. And Jesus shows up to Peter, and here's what he tells him. Jesus shows up, and he says, hey, I'm going to use your boat today. Peter says, sure, come on in. And Jesus tells him to put out a little bit from land. And as he does that, Jesus turns, and he begins to teach those that are there gathered at the seashore. And after he's done teaching and preaching, Jesus tells him, I want you to take your boat and launch out into the deep. I want you to launch out into the deep and let down your nets for the catch. And Peter's response is, well, Lord, um, I did that all night. I didn't catch anything. Nevertheless, it's your word. Nevertheless, it's your word. And, and, and this is so important because in that declaration, Jesus said, launch out into the deep. And I believe that God wants to launch some of us into a place, why do you think we need the comforter? <laughs> why do you think the Holy Spirit's our comforter? Not just because he would need to heal us from what's gone before, but also God would call us to step into faith, into areas of life that are going to stretch us and we're going to need a comforter. Come on, church. We need that. Uh, I, I referenced this a couple times this month, but I want to bring you back to it. Luke chapter 5, verse 36. Jesus spoke a parable to them. He said, no one puts a piece from a new garment on an old one, otherwise the new makes a tear. And the piece that was taken out of the new does not match the old. This word match me is, is a Greek word, symphoneo, which is where we get symphony. And the idea there is that there's a harmony that, that they, they lack because the new couldn't be sewn onto the old or vice versa. And, and, that's, that's, and then he goes on to the, the story of the wineskin. He says, no one puts new wine into old wineskins or else the new wine will burst the wineskin and be spilled. The wineskins will be ruined. But new wine must be put in new, new wineskins and both are preserved. And no one having drunk the old wine immediately desires the new for he says, the good old days were better. And, you know, there's something in human nature that doesn't like change. I, I don't think it's an accident. You know, I, we've been in a series on Sunday mornings about being ready for a change. Didn't even realize halfway through this we'd be changing our entire everything. You know, sometimes God will prepare us, you know, before we step into it. But why I say that is... In a lot of our lives, we need to recognize, because the reason why, is I, if you were here when I talked about that before, the reason why the new wine can't be put in old wineskins is old wineskins become inflexible. H have you ever said, well, I'm not going to change that? Maybe you haven't said it. Maybe you felt it. Like, God, you can do this over here, but don't mess with that stuff. <laughs> Have you ever looked at somebody else and said, well, I'm, I'm not like that? N nobody in church. Good. Okay. You, you know, you, th you think, well, that's just not my personality. It's not. <laughs> 
And, and maybe God wants to pour something new into my life, but for him to do that, I've got to be flexible. I've got to let him stretch my capacity. I've got to let him do something new that maybe I wouldn't otherwise say yes to. But here's, here's why this is important. What's important is what he's pouring in, not the container. So I don't know if you know who Dave Wilkerson is. Anybody ever heard of Dave Wilkerson? So great ministry, impacted the world, impacted the nations. Uh, pastor that I met many years ago was telling me a story about one time when he was, he was good friends with Dave Wilkerson and, uh, and he was at a service that, it was the first service that Dave Wilkerson let his son be responsible for. And so his son put together a plan that not only were they going to preach that night, but they were going to invite a brand new band that played a different kind of music than he, his dad was used to. And if he, you know, the way my, the, the pastor that I met described Dave Wilkerson was, he was kind of like, he's a prophetic guy, you know, he's kind of like a walking rebuke. And so he hears the music playing and goes, oh, absolutely not. We're not going to play that kind of music here. I don't know, rock and roll. I have no idea what it was. It was the 70s. Um, and so, so he's getting ready. This, this pastor said, I could see the look on his face. He's ready to go tell his son, you know, let him have it. And so, right, so he goes to intercept him. He grabs a bottle of water and he stops him and he says, listen, let me talk to you for a moment. Before you go, and he's, you could tell he's a little bit heated. You know, we got we to do something about this. He says, let me just tell you what's important. The, the, I, I don't know if they had water bottles. Whatever he had, it was a cup. But he holds up. He says, listen, what's important, the container or what's inside of it? If you're thirsty, if you're dying of thirst, you don't care if it's a clear plastic bottle, you know, it's purple, it's got a different label, whatever it is. Like, you just want the water. And his point was, you know, we're, we're giving the same message, same presence of God, same, maybe a different method. New generation's music, that's okay. So the point is that as the church, we've got to be willing to let God do whatever he wants to do. And we need to let him do it in us and through our lives because here's what, here's what the Bible promises. Ephesians 3.20, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. I, I, I wish I could tell you some of the stuff God's doing for our church right now because it's definitely exceedingly abundantly above what I could ask or think of. And, and I know that he wants to do that in each one of our lives. And, and this is so important. So the third, the third point, if you're taking notes, is pick it up for yourself. Write that down. It'll make sense in a moment. Pick it up for yourself. Let's go back to the story. Second Kings six. So you say, you know, Elisha, you got to do something. We've that we've outgrown the space we're in. We're it's too tight. It's too restrictive. And so, so he says, okay, you guys go and 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 build another place. So that's what they do. Verse three. Uh, one said, please consent to go with your servants. He says, I'll go. And so he went with them. And when they came down to the Jordan River, they cut down trees. And as one was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. And he cried out, alas, master, for it was borrowed. He didn't listen to Dave Ramsey. So the man of God said, where did it fall? <laughs> and he showed him the place. So he cut off a stick and he threw it in there and he made the iron float. Therefore, he said to him, pick it up for yourself. So he reached out his hand and he took it. So there's something happening as this man is chopping down the tree. As he's cutting down trees with the axe, all of a sudden he notices that suddenly he swings and it no longer has an impact. 
It no longer does. He's doing the same motions, but no longer having the same results. I, I don't know if in your Christian life you've ever done the same thing over and over and thought, you know, well, at least I'm being faithful with it. Was that last week I talked about being faithful and fruitful? See, I can, I can be faithful with something and faithfulness is good. I think we have a lack of faithfulness in our culture and in the world around us. But sometimes as the church, we can be faithful at something that's no longer fruitful. And he's swinging the ax, but the ax head's gone. And I wonder how many times we we're praying, but there's no longer faith attached to it. We're reading the Bible, but there's no longer a hunger to dig deeper into the word. We're singing the songs, the words on the screen, but there's no longer a heart that's poured out because we're still swinging, but, but there's no impact anymore. And, and I, I, I want to call us back to that. I think there's some times in our life, I have to do this myself. There's some times in our life where we have to take stock of where things are, take stock of where our faith is, where our intimacy with God is, where, our, where, where we are in relationship to the vine. Andrew Murray, a great author from the 1800s, a missionary, said, you know, there's, there's a lot of work to do in the church. There's a lot of work to do in the world. There's a lot of people serving and, do, and preaching and teaching and doing all these different activities, but there's a lack of God's power in it. Why? He gives a reason. He says, I think it's because of the lack of closeness between the servants of Christ and the heavenly vine. Anytime I go through the motions, become a professional Christian, I disconnect from something that's actually life-giving. So we need to take stock of what's fallen down. So, so he, he tells Elisha, I've, I've lost the accent, and then it was borrowed, and Elisha says, where did it fall? Because the great news about God is no matter what's fallen down, no matter what we've let go of, no matter what we've laid aside, God wants to restore and help us recover. He's an expert at recovery. And he doesn't shame the man. He doesn't say, man, I knew you were going to lose it. I knew, I knew when you guys got out here, you didn't know what you were doing with that axe. He doesn't do that. He says, where did it fall? And he takes me to that place. He cuts a stick off a tree and he throws it in the water. And that's the miracle. The axe head flows because iron, if you don't know what the miracle, if you heard that story and you didn't know what the miracle was, iron doesn't float. <laughs> but what I love about it is he takes him to the place where it fell. And Elisha, more importantly, God, in response to Elisha's prayer and faith, helps him recover what he had laid down. And I think there's times in our life we've got to be aware of what we've allowed to fall down. He lost his edge in the axe. We need to get back our edge. And you know, what does that mean? There's, there's some things in our life that are fundamentals that we never we always need, no matter how much we grow in God, no matter how much we know of the Bible or how, how much time we've been in church, there's things that we never have to, we, we never grow beyond the need of. We need prayer. Come on, church, we need prayer. <laughs> 
If I really believe that God answers prayer and God moves mountains and God says nothing's impossible for him, prayer should be as natural to me as breathing. I know we've got intercessors in the room and they're the kind of people that can pray for hours and not even notice, but it's not just for the intercessors. It's for every single believer. We need to be prayer warriors. We need to be people of prayer. We need to, we need to never lose sight of that. So start where you're at. Don't become intimidated and go, well, I can't pray for five hours like Jim. I don't wake up at 3.30 in the morning and pray. We're all trained to be like Jim. <laughs> but I'm just telling you, there's those moments where you start right where you're at. Bible says, draw near to God, he will draw near to you. There's never a time where I grow beyond my need of the word. I, I've preached the Bible for the, most of the last 18 years in ministry as a regular part of what I've done. And no matter how many sermons I've preached, I never grow beyond the need of knowing this. Are, are you with me? So, you know, there's, I don't know how this sounds, but I've, I've studied and read the Bible enough, don't misunderstand me, that I could probably preach without ever reading it again. That's scary. But I'm not going to get my sermons and think, what's a good topic to talk about? Just ask Pastor Jason. He has no idea half the time what series I'm trying to do. Because I've got to, every week, get before God because it's not my church, it's his church. And I need to know what, there's, there's a great um, Leonard Ravenhill, anybody ever, I'm gonna just going to call talk about all the old revivalists for a minute. Leonard Ravenhill one time uh, was in a hurry before he had to go to church and he had to throw something together and so he put together a devotional message. You know what a devotional is? It's like a sermon, but it can be bad. <laughs> And so he puts together a devotional message. He shows up to church, and in walks this lady who's a church lady, but she's a prayer warrior. She walks into church. She walks straight up to Leonard Ravenhill, and she says, God spoke to me this morning. It's a true story. She says, God spoke to me this morning. Well, what, what did God tell you? He said to ask you a question. Am I going to hear from you today or from God? <laughs> he said, well, to be honest... You're probably going to hear from me today. She said, that's what I thought. And she got up. She said, I'll see you next week. <laughs> it's important that all of us maintain our edge by spending, not just preachers, we've got to get in the word. We've got to spend time in prayer. We've got to know our values. Our values, you know, we have values as a church that are fundamental. I always tell people in next steps, it's like if, if you want to know who we're going to be in five years, look at our values. That's who we've been for our entire time walking with Jesus in ministry, but it's who we are as a church. It's our, our core, because your values don't change. But sometimes we neglect things that are the most important. We make decisions in life based on the moment or what feels important or pressing and so we disconnect from values. Uh, sometimes we make decisions that have short-term gains, but they involve the neglect of things that matter most. And the problem with that is I can get short-term gains in any area of my life, but if I'm neglecting the things that matter most, there's always going to be a high cost. 
See, sometimes these things, keeping these things at the forefront, are not convenient. It's not always convenient to go look for the accent to go look for the thing that's fallen down, to go look for the moment that, that, that there was some kind of a disconnect. It's not always convenient, but it's necessary because there's a much higher cost and maintaining neglect. I'm, I'm telling you, church, there's been so many years where I've seen people disconnect from the things that matter most, fellowship with other believers. They stop connecting. They allow the enemy to isolate them. And when that happens, in the short term, you go, well, I'm too busy. But I'm telling you, I'm not saying this because I'm like, hey, you need to be in church. No, that's not, that's not the point. I, I don't have to have anybody go, you have to be in church. That's not, listen, I'd be here whether I was a pastor or not. Even though as a kid, I tried every time I could to get out of going to church. But this is, church, we, we, we need to find the things that matter most and he says, take me to the, the place where it fell. And I said it jokingly, you know, it's borrowed. But you know, he tells him when the ax head floats, he says, take it, for your, take it yourself. Elisha doesn't reach in and grab it. He calls the man to do it. And I believe that God, as, as a church, God's calling us to step into some areas and we're, we're practically going to be changing some things to really focus on equipping our church on a deeper level. Why? Because there's axe heads that need to be picked up. There's some things in your life that nobody else can do for you. Nobody else can do your calling for you. We pray for each other. We lift each other up. But nobody can do what I'm called to do. No one can do what you're called to do. And this is so important because what we borrow, we don't value like what we own. We need to take ownership of these things in our lives. Because it's not just for others, it's for us. What, what, what does God want to do in my life and in yours? Let me give you this last passage, 1 Timothy 4.13. Paul told Timothy, until I come, give attention to reading, exhortation, to doctrine, this teaching. Don't neglect the gift that's in you, Timothy, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. So, so what was he saying? He says, Timothy, you were prayed for and something was deposited in your life. But even though you've been given something great, you can neglect it. So don't neglect it. And both in reference to what he said in studying teaching and the word of God and also the gift that was placed in him. He says, meditate in these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them for in doing this you will save both yourself and those who hear you. Now, of course, he's talking to Timothy who's a spiritual son but also a pastor, a leader, but that a principle applies to every one of us because we can be really good at telling the world what they need to hear, but neglected ourselves. We've got to stay close to the vine. Stay close to Jesus. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. I want to pray for you tonight.
there was a, a story I heard about a few years ago about a crime that was committed in broad daylight and it was in front of a whole crowd of people and it was before social media and everybody had a camera on their phone but even though the crime happened in front of everybody not one person in the crowd called the police not one an entire crowd of people, I forget how many were involved, but an entire crowd of people witnessed a crime right in front of them. And now one person called, not because they thought what was happening was okay, but every one of them thought somebody else is doing it. Somebody else will pick up the phone. Can I just tell you that for our generation, for our families, our neighbors, this city, no one else is coming. He sent you. He sent the church. God, do something in America. No one else is coming. We need to pick it up. See, you getting back in the Word and spending time in prayer is about drawing near to Jesus. But, but it's not just about the fruitfulness of your life for you. It's about every life you're going to impact. It's about you rewriting the story of your family's history. It's by you changing the narrative. It's about the impact that your life can have. It's our last Wednesday, so I'm going to just take a, a moment longer, but I want us to do something that I believe is a step into a new season. And I, I know as a church, we're stepping into a new season, and I, I'm, I'm not trying to like hype it up. There's some things I can't talk about yet, but... I'm just telling you, I don't know that I've ever been this excited about what God is doing right now. And while we're stepping into a new season, I know you are stepping into a new season too. And, and maybe it's hard to see it because there's been some subtraction. <laughs> and you go, I, I just don't, I don't see... how I can be fruitful. I don't, I don't see how God can multiply what I've got. I just, I just, all I see is a subtraction. All I see is who's left. All I see is, is what hasn't worked out. What's no longer in my life, but can I just tell you, pruning isn't punishment. What if God's going to produce, what if the next season of your life is the most fruitful season you've ever known? Can I just tell you, some of what we're seeing right now happened after many years of a lot of pruning that at the time I didn't like. At the time I thought, God, what in the world is going on? <laughs> but he was doing it exceedingly abundantly above. If that's been you, 
in a moment, I'm going to invite you down here and I want us to pray with you. But I also want us to pray for anyone that says, you know what, if I'm honest, there's some areas that have gotten neglected. And the axe head's in the water. And I need God to help me get that back. I need, I need my prayer life back. I need my faith back. Again, the good news is, just like Elisha didn't hold it over the man's head and say, why'd you lose that? God never does that. He meets us right where we're at. And not only helps us get back what we've lost, but he also, in his goodness, gives us so much more. God knows how to catch you up to where he wants you to be. He really does. We trust this message encourages you in faith and in your relationship with Jesus. To learn more about River City Church, find us on social or visit us at rivercitychurch.co.